1: need to know what's happening it's 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 time to get in the huddle with carl dukes and brian baldinger look who it is it's my man brian baldinger man you stay tan brother i mean my goodness the life of this guy man i mean jet setting what are you are rick flair
2: uh i mean i was just um you know trying to um I don't know what this was all about, but I was in Hawaii with my girlfriend because right. I owed her a trip to Hawaii. Okay. So you can't really go to Hawaii and not get in the sun, Carl. It's just, <laughs> you know, it just wouldn't be much of a purpose to do that.
1: No doubt. Well, it's good. I'm just trying you to
2: here. stay on good terms here, Carl. So, hey, trust you know, me. I, I, She's I happy it. right now.
1: Well, you know what? That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy girl, happy life, right? Yeah. All right, Baldy. Carl Dukes, put him up, guys. Glad to have you here. Jason Lock. I'm four, of course, a part of this podcast. And I'm just busting balls with Baldy because, you know, he works hard during the season and he plays hard in the offseason. But we are 16 days away from the NFL draft. And guys, subscribe, like us, make sure you get the new episodes. We're going to have more stuff coming out as we get closer and closer to the draft. But, Baldy, free agent news hitting, and we got to start there. Everybody wondered who would be willing to pay Odell Beckham Jr., and the Ravens were the team that was willing to pay him. $13 million, signing bonus. He gets a million-dollar base salary, $3 million reachable incentives. Basically, this is a $15 million deal that could go to $18 million for Odell Beckham with the Ravens. What's going on here, Baldy?
2: Well, I mean, just as soon as I saw it, I said two things. One. Like, is this just – I mean, this is just – it's not even a cynicism. This is like – this is about Lamar. Like, look what we're doing here, Lamar. We're building this team around you. Like, we need you. We want you to come. We'll get your – we'll get enough of a deal done, whether it's a year, uh, whatever it is. But look what we're doing. I mean, that's show and tell. Like, to me, that's the, the initial reaction. Without reading anything, hearing anything, I'm like, No, look, they have done this. They did this with Anquan Bolden. They brought Anquan Bolden. They wouldn't have won a Super Bowl without Anquan Bolden in 2012. I mean, he was just that good in the postseason. People could have said Anquan was injured. He was washed up. They could have said a lot of things at that time. He was a stud. So I I don't want to say that Odell with two ACLs and hasn't played in a year can't do it. Um, But to me, it was all about Lamar. We're just getting things ready for you all right we'll get bateman back here he'll be healthy let's put this thing mark andrews let's put this thing together let's get dobbins in the backfield we got our line coming back like let's get this thing ready to roll to me that's what i saw now like i know the jets were interested, carl there's no the jets they they had a scheduled interview right you know on sunday uh to, to meet with him and he signed with baltimore so that precluded that but the Jets weren't offering him 15 guaranteed million. There's no way. And so who were the Ravens really bidding against, you know, to, to, to throw some serious money, uh, more money that was thrown in any other receiver in free agency um, this past year? We know it wasn't a great class in free agency, but more than Brandon Brooks, Marin, just about anybody else out there. So you go, the Ravens, like, they're a little salary cap strapped, and here they are throwing – $15 million at Odell, which is fine. But to me, it was all about the enticement of Lamar.
1: Yeah. And, Baldy, my question is because you saw the Instagram post uh, between Lamar and Odell Beckham. And, and, you know, I always say this. Look, all these guys know each other, right? Yeah. I mean, people are like, wow. I mean, are they friends? Yeah, everybody kicks it. They know each other. So everybody was like, oh, well, Lamar is approving this, you know, because they had the Instagram post <laughs> right. where they're like, oh, look, you know. And I said, I wonder if Lamar had any inclination whatsoever that Odell was close to signing, whether they had talked. I don't know if we'll know until Lamar maybe signs and has asked this question, but was he even aware that, hey, bro, I'm about to come. I don't know what your situation is, but, you know, and, and because guys talk, does it make it more likely that this deal gets done with Lamar. Does this say anything about the Ravens behind the scenes maybe being a little bit closer to having him come back under the circumstances of, you know, and again, guys, he's franchise tagged, okay? If he comes back, he's playing under this franchise tag of $32 million, they can still try to do something else. But, you know, again, everybody's saying, when's that going to happen? Bottom line is, and I think they have until July, the the date in in July to get the deal done, Baldy. But, does it make you feel like maybe they're a little closer or is this is just independent of that?
2: Well, I, you know, look, Lamar is not coming because Odell got signed. Like he's coming because he's getting a contract that he thinks he's worth. And that's really the situation right now. You know, I mean, Lamar can feel like he's worth a, a certain amount of money and you can look at, you know, Deshaun Watson, you can look at all these deals out there, Kirk cousins, guaranteed contracts, that kind of thing. The the market, the market is what somebody's willing to pay him. That's what it is. And so I don't know what Steve Bashadi is willing to pay him. There's one guy that can write that check in Baltimore. And I don't know because I haven't heard from Steve. Nobody has. So to me, but it would make sense that look, we're working at this thing piece by piece. It's not being done via the internet, it's not being being done via Um, you know, Twitter right now. It's being done between Lamar and the Ravens. But my feeling is they wouldn't have gone out and made this signing of Odell if they didn't feel like they were going to get Lamar uh, in camp. Now, not just sign, but like here for the offseason. I mean, Lamar needs some timing with Odell. You can't do that on, uh, you know, August 15th or whenever Lamar decides to come or when he does come. Like they need to start working on this timing right now. I'll never forget this car. I mean, this is another era, but I remember when Dion was in Dallas, and you go out to Valley Ranch, and you watch Troy Aikman throwing to Michael Irvin and the group out there, and there's like it was a war out there at Valley Ranch every day. Like they were, and that's how they really sharpened themselves to make the run that they run. They ran, you know, that they made over a four-year period of time winning three Super Bowls. I mean, that was what the offseason, to me, should be all about. Now, I know it's not quite the same, but it's valuable time. And so, you know, you can say, okay, well, Lamar can get him in South Florida. And and all that's possible, man. I'm in South Florida. Those guys are working out all the time. Pick a field. They're out there, you know, working out. So, that can get done to a degree. But you still need, you know, Marlon Humphrey and Odell going at it. Like, let's get this thing, let's this get this thing right for week one. July
1: 17th, by the way, is the date for franchise tag deadline, which means they have up until July 17th to get a long-term deal done, if that, in fact, is going to happen. But this Odell Beckham thing improves the Ravens' offense immensely. And again, if he can be the guy we saw him be with the Rams, okay, he's going to help them a, a lot. Yeah. And now and now I look at, you know, I look at Cincinnati and look, it's hard to not say Cincinnati's still the favorite in that division. Pittsburgh's on the come, they still got a young quarterback, but the Ravens to me, if Lamar comes back, and Cincinnati are right there. I mean, that that, 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 that to me that division right now, right? That's who I'm looking at. And let's not sleep on the Browns because now Deshaun Watson will have a full off season. To come back, he looked like a shell of himself, guys. We talked about it. He hadn't played in two years. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. But under the circumstances now, so now, Baldy, all of a sudden, you're looking at three teams that could really get after each other if Lamar comes back, because that's the big question at quarterback for me. No in doubt. that division. I mean, I mean,
2: that division, I mean, people want to rank divisions and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's going to be one battle after another. That division, to me, really, and I'm putting Cleveland in there and Pittsburgh. Like I know Kenny Pickett's young, but um Well they battled like last com- year. I think I've been to his practices. Like this it, it, it's Sunday out there right. at Latrobe, Okay. It's Sunday afternoon in Trobe. Like they're gonna they're gonna be ready to go. Um they're building up their offensive line right now. It's been a weakness. They're gonna this is gonna be a fiercely, fiercely competitive division, top to bottom, if Lamar is there. Lamar, and they may be the favorites by a small amount um, because of just how good he is and how difficult he is to defend. But this is going to be, um, you know, everybody said last year that the NFC West. Well, it wasn't quite that, um, but or the AFC, you know, West, and you know, never really materialized. But I feel like top to bottom, um, with Lamar in there, hmm. that this could be the the most competitive division in the NFL.
1: Baldy, let's switch gears Uh, all throughout the season. I kept asking you about the top defensive lineman, top interior defensive lineman. We're going to see where Jalen Carter goes in this draft uh, considered to be the top defensive interior defensive lineman coming out. But Jeffrey Simmons signs a deal with the Titans. We're talking some free agency here because deals continue to get done. Four years, $94 million. The Titans paid him like Aaron Donald, all right? He's not Aaron Donald, but he's pretty damn close. And I want you to talk about Jeffrey Simmons and what he means to that Titans defense up front.
2: Well, you know, when he came out of Mississippi State, you know, he came he came out with a torn ACL. He wasn't ready to play for the first half of the season, but Tennessee invested, you know, first round picking him. Um, not this year, but last year they were the best defensive front in football. They went to Cincinnati, or Cincinnati came there, they got beat by the Bengals that day. But they did sack Joe Burrow 9 times. They did hit him 13 times. Uh, Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, that group, Danico Autry, uh, Bud Dupree, they were just nasty. They destroyed Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, and it was all Jeffrey Simmons inside. Mm. Like, he is a beast. And if you look around the league right now, I mean, you saw where, um, you know, uh, Hargrove, Devon Hargrave got signed in San Francisco to an elite contract. There's Aaron Donald. He's in a class by himself. But there's Chris Jones. There's Jeffrey Simmons. There's Hargrave. There's a handful of guys that, from the inside, they change the game. And that's what Simmons does. Now, he was a little banged up last year, didn't have quite the season that he had been having, but they rewarded their best player. Yes. I mean, he's, you could say Derrick Henry on offense, okay. But Jeffrey Simmons is the best player on defense. And they're a four man front. They don't blitz a lot. Um, He is an elite, elite player. And they basically said, we're going to keep our elite players. We're not going to let them get to the free agency. We're going to take care of them now, and uh, we'll we'll deal with everything else. They want to get Landry back. They let Dupree the go, but they want to be an elite defensive front, and it starts with Simmons and how he can just basically destroy things on the inside the way we see Chris Jones do, Aaron, Aaron Donald does. I mean, there's just a few of those guys in this business.
1: It is in the huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger here with you, and uh, we're talking about some moves that have been made in free agency. We're counting down to the draft and you know, talking about a couple of other stories. Richie James, former Giant wide receiver, joins the Kansas City Chiefs. One-year deal. I only bring this up because we talked about it after the Super Bowl, Baldy, how all these rookies around Patrick Mahomes contributed, right? They lost the Cheetah. There was no fall-off. They go in the Super Bowl. So you add another guy to this wide receiver room, and I'm just curious to know, you know, listen, you're supposed to be better in year two or or three, depending on, you know, you're making that jump. We hear coaches talk about that all the time. What is this? How does this help or does it, when you talk about that wide receiver room in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, just another guy to have out there, considering he pretty much maneuvered a lot of weapons last year and they were able to get over the hump.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride.
2: Well, I mean, if you watch Richie James in New York, I know you did, Carl. Like, second half of the season, he was their slot receiver. Yep. And, you know, there was nothing. You know, there was Cardarius Tony, and they had some guys in New York. Uh, they couldn't get on the field. They couldn't stay healthy. And Richie James came in, and he solidified that. Plus, he's a good punt returner. Um, he's a really valuable guy. Now, you could say Kansas City's got Cardarius Tony. They've got Sky Moore. And now they got Richie James. Now. Like they could be playing a whole lot of small ball here, um, you know, and, 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 maybe with Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. Like just give guys that, you know, can work underneath, you know, as long as you got Kelsey getting all the attention that he gets, like things are going to open up for these guys. But Richie James really showed last year that he could be a valuable asset to any receiving core. He, he was like that a little bit in San Francisco, but Debo was so good and he had some other guys. So, he didn't get a lot of attention, but he's a guy that knows how to work the middle of the field, and he's really good at it. So I can't imagine anybody that has proven themselves to be valuable players in other places that wouldn't flourish with Mahomes in Kansas City. They're, they're just that creative. He's just that good. Um, and so size doesn't really matter. I mean, Sky Moore's not a big guy, and Cardarius isn't a big guy, but those guys became really valuable the way that they used them. And I think Richie James will just fit in right now. Baldy, while we're talking about Kansas
1: City, uh, ex-Bengal Carson Palmer came out. He told NFL Network, um, basically NFL.com, that that Joe Burrow is a a more consistent quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Now, listen, we're going to have this debate for years to come, hopefully, because it's great for the league. But I just want to read you the quote from Carson Palmer. I think Burrow is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, He told, this is the quarterback room podcast he was talking to. He says, I know Mahomes is phenomenal, but I just think Joe's more consistent. He's more consistent. He's more accurate, accountable to uh, run the system and play uh, that's called and not feel like, well, he didn't win last time and didn't get open for me, so I'm going to do it with my feet, meaning Joe doesn't just break down and run, and he says, and then before you know it... uh, You've sacked uh, for a four-yard loss because you tried to make two or three guys miss. And he's talking about Mahomes trying to, you know, get around and do all this stuff to get guys open versus Joe. He says Joe is just talking about weaknesses. Mentally strong, physically tough, accurate, can throw it far enough, fast enough, gets the ball out quick enough. This is Carson Palmer.
2: Yeah. Is he wrong? No, he's not wrong. I'm not, but I'm not ready to say that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Either. I
1: can't either right now, I And I love. I because love
2: in the biggest games, Patrick Mahomes has been elite. Second yeah. half against the Eagles. I mean, he was – he just they, – he, he, they couldn't get him off the field. But what Carson Palmer is right at, and I broke this down a bunch um, in January, getting ready for the playoffs, is just how Joe Burrow completely operates on timing. Mm. Like, he just – he sails through progressions. He knows what he's looking at, and he knows where he can fit balls in. And he's just – and I did this with Josh Allen as well, because the difference between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and and Joe Burrow is just how much. And this is where Carson's right. How much he just stays on rhythm and timing of the offense. Now Joe can still move. He can still elude the you know the pass rush. He can still get out of the pocket. It's not what he wants to do, and it's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to to literally, and this way he wants a national championship at LSU. Like his ability to read defenses, go through progressions, one, two, three, like a Ginsu knife going through, you know, anything, right? (laughs) So that's what Joe does. Now, Mahomes does it a different way. I said that the knock on Josh Allen and the reason why he led the league in turnovers was he tries to do too much off schedule. And it gets himself into trouble. And and I'm not here to, to bash any quarterback, but that's the difference with Joe. And that's why he takes care of the ball so much better right now. And so when Carson said that, Carson's looking at that. The ability to just stay within the timing of the play. Joe Burrow does that better than anybody. But Patrick Mahomes has got two Super Bowl rings, and he's been phenomenal in the postseason. And that, to me, is still, even though he does it in his style, his style works for him, and he's great at what he does. He's the best at what he does. So I'm not ready to to go as far as what Carson said, but I do see what Carson's looking at and how he can just guys just stand there in the pocket and just, man, make these unbelievable reads and progressions and get the ball to where he's got to get to.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. I'll tell you um, a quick story about Kyle Shanahan, and this is why I think Purdy was so good and and he makes guys better. You talk about off schedule. and Guys, what we're talking about is play breaks down. Right. Mm And now take Josh Allen. I'm going to tuck it and run for 10 yards and maybe take a big hit that I shouldn't. Or I'm going to try to squeeze it into somewhere that I shouldn't instead of throwing it out of bounds and living for another day. And and Kyle used to preach this, and I I know he still does, all the time. Like, that's such a timing offense, right, with with the 49ers and what they Mm do and Baldy. But if it's not there, I'm not forcing it. Like we're gonna live for another down. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. go off schedule and do something crazy and hurt my team. And I think that is the, the the crazy thing is Mahomes' ability to go off schedule and do crazy things. You know, roll out and throw the ball 80 yards sideways and then completes it, and we go, oh my god. But every coach in the league is like, that's not the play. <laughs> that's not what we really want to do. But you allow him to get away with it because he's so talented. Lesser talented guys can't do that. You know, they just – and I think to your point, like, if you don't have that coaching, if it's not, you know, Dable or Shanahan or some of these brilliant guys that we're talking about, you get those mistakes and then you wonder why a guy looks the way he does. It's all about living for another down, living for another day. Don't don't throw it in the opponent's hands.
2: So, I mean, what Kyle Shanahan will do in in, in his offense, in his place, he's, he's, he's got the outlets. He's got the outlets so that you don't have to run. Let's just put it over here to Christian McCaffrey standing on the numbers. And this is your outlet. If take take the three yards, and the guys right? aren't there. Yes. all the whole group. So, but I know I've, I've talked to Andy Reid about you know Patrick Mahomes too, and he feels like maybe his greatest strength, beside his golden arm, is his vision and his eyes. And he, he said he said to me, year one, he's got the eyes of a hawk. Mm-hmm. He can see things that many people have played this game will never see. And so you can't say, sometimes to Patrick Mahomes don't do this because he sees things other guys don't see. Yep. And so, you know, you still have to recognize the talent and the strengths of a player. uh, And and they're all different. And so for Mahomes to constantly elude the rush, keep his eyes downfield and then have the ability, whether it's thrown off platform or, you know, the sidearm throws or whatever his eyes. And then his arm strength can laser balls in that other guys should never try to do. But, You know, to your point about Brock Purdy, I mean, he ran the offense the way you go up on a chalkboard and you walk through this stuff in May and in June and you install this stuff in the offseason like he literally has that ability to do that.
1: Brian, uh, let, let's talk about these quarterback prospects. We're going to have some fun here in the last segment uh, okay. of of this podcast. Uh, it's Dukes, Carl Dukes, along with Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, make sure you find us and uh, tell your friends about the podcast in the huddle. We talk all things NFL. I- I'm curious to know not where they're going to be drafted, but where's the best place for these quarterback prospects. We'll, we'll just do the four, okay? We'll do... We'll do Bryce. We'll do CJ. Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson. I know Hendon Hooker has moved up. If you want to do him, we can. Uh, as far as where he's projected, I still have a second round, you know, second round grade on him um, from people that I've talked to. But we'll see if H- Hooker because he's coming off the injury. And I know if Hooker wasn't injured, maybe he's uh, maybe he's in the Will Levis range. Maybe he's a first rounder and the third guy on the board. All right. So best place for these guys. Bryce Young, best place for Bryce. We know the Carolina Panthers have the first pick, but just give me the team that you feel like, hey, if he went there, this would be
2: the best situation for him. Well, I think Bryce Young is the best player in the draft. So I know his size says maybe he's just a great college player and a Heisman Trophy winner, but maybe not a great pro. Maybe he's going to have challenges as a pro. That he's not that he didn't have at Alabama. He's still the best player in the draft. Um, but you know, Frank Reich in Carolina. I mean, I just think about Frank. I've known him forever. Um, my brother played in Buffalo. I was up at Buffalo when he was Jim Kelly's backup. I mean, he had Jim Kelly, who was basically a linebacker playing quarterback.
0: You know,
2: I mean, he was 6'3, he was 230, he was strong, he was confident, he was the leader. Like he was just special, just a special character athlete tougher than just about anybody that I've seen play that position. Yeah. So he was around that, you know, those guys would go out and play golf, you know, in between practices. Cause they were quarterbacks, you know, they, you know, and they were, you know, and they just, so he sold Jim Kelly. Then he's in this, he could, you know, he's out of coaching. He, he hasn't coached. He comes to Indianapolis and there he is with Andrew Luck, who was the prototype to this whole thing, you know? And then, you know, Andrew Luck retires and he's like, well, I, I need a, Big, strong quarterback so he gets philip rivers and philip rivers retires he goes i need a big strong quarterback and a <laughs> trade for carson wentz and you go always been around is big strong guys that's right you know and so that that's where i go bryce young to me is the best player but bryce young doesn't fit the mode the mold that you know frank's been around his whole career and so you go Is that an odd fit? I mean, I'm just asking questions, Carl. I don't know. Is that an odd fit, or does Frank just recognize his talent, his pocket magician ability that he showed at Alabama, Um, just his elite arms, you know, just his elite ability to get rid of the ball and find receivers. So that's the uh, the only thing that says to me: Does that make it C.J. Stroud, or does that make it Will Levis at the first pick? Yeah. You know, and what you know, you listen to some things that David Tepper has said, and you know, so I'm still in a quandary over what they're going to do because, to me, Bryce Young to me should be the pick, but I can see Frank going through his head. He's just going, (laughs) and then when he was at Maryland, there was Boomer Asias, and there was all these other guys Mm. at Maryland. Like he's always been around big, strong guys. So I, you know, that's the only question I have. About Carolina not taking Bryce Young.
1: Baldy, it's a great point. And then you know who else he went and got? Matt Ryan. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is another, you know, six, three and a half, big guy that you know they has been able to Ryan. hold up. Now, some of that didn't work out. We know the Wentz didn't work out, the, the 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 Matt Ryan didn't work out. But the fact that you're laying out this is the type of guy I want, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. All those guys. Yeah. Like you could say Anthony Richardson is that guy, but I think he just needs a little bit more work. Yeah. But but just from a frames standpoint, and, and it's a valid point. And, and listen, I've been saying this, and people have been going, You're crazy. There's no way they're gonna pass up on Bryce Young. If they think Will Levis has the skill set that he can coach up and he's got the bigger body, I would not be surprised if that happened. I just wouldn't be Baldy. I mean, like. That, that is a real possibility. Now, it's going to shock America because everybody's going to go, what are they doing? But I, I'm telling you that... And Will Levis, by the way, you've seen these pictures. This kid's taking all these selfies and he's like in the mirror and he's got like a nine pack. He's all ripped up. And I'm like, if I had a body like that, Baldy, I'd be taking those pictures too. But, you know, I <laughs> right. mean, basically the kid is telling you, I am ready to go.
2: And he sounds the part. He really mm. does. I mean, you listen to him yes. talk about... You know, I listened to him. I saw him sit down with Mooch at the Combine, and he's just going through these plays, and Mooch is giving him a play. He spits it right back at him. Like, it's not a difficult assignment, Carl, but it's just the way that he – he just sounds like the part. He just – and he looks like the part, and he sounds like the part. And you go, okay – The like, you watch him at Kentucky without Wandale Robinson this year. You're like – you watch him against Georgia, and he makes, like, three throws the whole day. Like, Georgia's just – like there was just no place to go. Right. But then you go back to year before. You got Wandale, He's got a little bit more talent. He's healthy the whole year. You just watch him go through these progressions and make these throws, and you go, "That's what an NFL quarterback looks like." And and I'm not knocking anybody else in this draft, but he 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 sure does look like the part. And I don't know, Carl. You're down there in the southeast. You know Atlanta. I mean who the hell watched Kentucky football? You know, like they've gotten better over the years. They've gotten better. It's they've true. gotten better talent.
1: No, it's but, true.
2: But like they weren't, they couldn't get a quarterback to go to Kentucky. No, I think they, they couldn't, no, no, he transferred from Penn state, right. You know where he started and um you know, he got his chance to play two years at Kentucky and he was, he was really good, you know, in 2021, not as dynamic this year, but there's plenty of great tape on him to go, go. Okay. Like let's, uh you know, let's, Let's take, let's take this chance. Let's develop this kid.
1: All right. So, and I'm with you by the way, with, with the Bryce Young thing. So we're just simply guys talking about best places potentially for these guys to land, not where they will be drafted. I think the best place, Baldy, I want your thoughts on this for Anthony Richardson is the Colts because of Shane Steichen. And I I think Shane Steichen, who just showed us what he can do with Jalen hurts could take Anthony Richardson and he can play immediately, and he gives him those RPOs, right, as he's continuing to build and learn, and this guy becomes a dangerous quarterback immediately in that particular system. And now all of a sudden Indianapolis maybe is da- more dangerous at the quarterback's position than they've been. I think that's the best place for him to land.
2: I don't know if that's where he will go. It might be too rich, you know, the fourth pick, but if you believe in the talent, and if you believe in the player, nothing is too rich, all right. You make the you 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 send in the card, you you make the play. You know, like I I know Jalen Hurts pretty well. I know I, I work out at Lane Johnson's barn. I and I know guys that that work out with him every day. Yeah, he's a he's just a different guy, Carl. Like, wait a minute, I got to ask you something. How's that How's that barn, man? There's a bunch of guys in there just
1: ah. Right, We've done enough, in we, there? we
2: have to expand the barn. There's not enough air in there. <laughs> so, I mean, there were some people in there yesterday working out, Carl. Yeah, like, They're just not human. Like, they're just so big. <laughs> and, and they just keep coming. You know, we, all the college kids just left. Uh, they'll be back, like, in June, but they're all getting ready for the draft right now. But, you know, I mean, but Jalen is just such a different person. Like, he, his level of commitment, Carl, it's just off the charts. I mean, I don't know. I'm not knocking anybody else to play this game, but his his belief in himself. Mm. So, now, I don't know. Maybe Anthony's built and wired like this. <clears throat> if he is, and Shane will get a pretty good feel because he's he's got that blueprint of a guy that came in super raw. Right. And, you know, took over for Carson. You ran around, ran around, ran around. And all we did was see him just elevate. You get put AJ Brown and Devontae Smith in there and you know, I let him hand it off a few times. Like he elevated. Anthony Richardson, to me, I'm, I'm with you totally. If there's one place where you could build your offense around a player that they have built around a similar player, it'd be Anthony Richardson. I just don't think. They got Gardner Minshew there. He can start. He certainly has started before. He can hold, he can hold the placemat. I just think that's gonna be a little too high for a guy that really needs, I believe, to sit for an entire year. Yeah. Like he just needs time to like understand the game, learn the game, just learn how to call intricate plays. You know, Audible, all the things that are just difficult to do if you haven't played a lot of football in 13 games. Unless you're Cam Newton, 13 <laughs> games—he's the only guy that played that little. Yeah, it became that good, um, that fast. I mean, you know, win the MVP in your fifth year, uh, take a team to Super Bowl in your fifth year, and you could say, okay, well, maybe he's Cam Newton. Maybe he's better than Cam. But Cam played 13 games plus junior college. Yep, you know, it was that was at Blinn played a year there, so, you know, but he dominated the SEC like nobody's business, so, and I don't think Anthony dominated the SEC. He had splash plays against LSU and, you know, some teams, but Cam dominated that that conference and took him to a national championship, so I just can't put Anthony in that category yet.
1: Yeah, it's fair, man. I mean, The Richardson thing is going to be, I've been saying this for weeks now, he's the most intriguing guy in this draft only because of the athleticism off the charts. Like, Baldy, you don't do what he did at the combine at that position and then go, okay, well, he's just another guy. He's not. He he, athletically, he's special. I don't know if he can be special as a quarterback in the NFL. All right. Um, Real quick, as far as C.J. Stroud, where are you at? If the Texans take him, let's just say he goes to – we're projecting, again, not where he ends up, but where will be the best place for him. My thing – I said this to you earlier. I'm not sure about the Texans' offensive coordinator situation and the kind of system they want to run. D'Amico's come in. He's hired his people. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's a new head coach. That that might be a concern. I'm looking at these other situations. They may be better. Frank Reich, offensive mind. Steichen, offensive mind, right? Right. Um, the Cardinals are probably not taking a quarterback. We know that. But then you get to the Colts, um, and you start talking about who else might take a quarterback in this draft when you start looking at the draft position. And I just – I always look at who's the coordinator, right? Who's the guy that's going to be calling the plays? If it's uh, the the Lions who might take a quarterback. I like that situation, right? You've been talking about Ben Johnson for a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is, that would be my concern for – CJ, if he ends up going second in this draft, depending on what the Texans want to do. What do you think?
2: Well, here's the thing. Bobby Slowick comes from San Francisco. He's there with D'Amico. He's been around. Um, he, here's So, D'Amico, look, to me, the mistake a lot of teams make is, let's get the hot coordinator, right? Right. Well, D'Amico Ryan's got to stand in front of a just morbid franchise, and he's got to motivate them every day. Like, I believe D'Amico can be that person. He's not going to call the plays. might have something to do with the defense. Like, that would be a good idea. But, you know, these guys got to lead a franchise out of the, you know, out of the morass of just, you know, uh, uh, just an awful decade, basically. Um, That's a difficult job by itself. The the one thing with a Sean McVay, a Kyle Shanahan, some of these guys is – there's a playbook. You get a playbook. You can get Kyle's playbook. You're not Kyle Shanahan. Like, these guys mind in how they see the game, how they build plays, how they develop concepts. Like, it never ends. There's not a finite playbook of Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. It's like, what do we got? Who's active? Who Who's our quarterback? And they mold it. Like, I don't know that some of these guys, because we saw this happen you know, in New York. They took San Francisco and yep you know and, and like it, I never saw the offense that Kyle Shanahan ran in New York but they didn't have Kyle's pieces so that's the problem I see with some of these like Kyle's mind never stops working it never stops creating and so you know you get Christian McCaffrey the offense changes all right the concepts changes the spacing changes you know and I don't know that they have that ability to be able to do that not everybody can just take Kyle's concepts and just yep. keep creating. And that's that'd be a concern that I would have. It's gonna be fun, man. Uh again, we don't know where these guys are gonna
1: end up, and we're not dismissing Hindenhooker. He's gonna visit with the Lions this week, Richardson with the Colts. Will Levis is gonna visit with the Titans. He I think he did already, and he's gonna visit with the Falcons. Uh, these guys are making their rounds, and that's what's going to make this a lot of fun here in about 16 days. Baldy, we're back uh, later this week. We'll have a lot more to get to, a lot more to chop up. As always, man, enjoy, and uh, we will talk to you later in the week, guys. Subscribe in the huddle, and make sure you get the latest podcasts as we lead up to the NFL draft at the end of the month. Carl Dins with you. Hey, guys, take care.
2: Thanks, Carl.